This is Jason Stewart Percy, and you're listening to episode 11 of The Chaff in the Wheat. We're going to read through Romans 1 again, and then we'll continue with uh, some of our verses that we're continuing to read related to uh, what the gospel is as it's presented throughout the New Testament. So, uh, let's read through Romans 1, and then we'll, uh, we'll keep going. So, Romans 1, verse 1. Paul, a bondservant of Jesus the Messiah, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God, which he promised before through his prophets in the holy writings or scriptures concerning his son, Jesus, the Messiah, our Lord, who was born of the seed of David, according to the flesh and declared to be the son of God with power, according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Through him, we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, among whom you also are the called of Jesus, the Messiah. To all who are in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus, the Messiah. First, I thank my God through Jesus, the Messiah, for you all, that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world, for God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers, making request, if by some means, now at last, I may find a way in the will of God to come to you. For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift so that you may be established, that is, that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. Now, now I don't want you to be unaware, brethren, that I often planned to come to you, but was hindered until now, that I, may, that I might have some fruit among you also, just as among the other Gentiles. I'm a debtor both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to wise and to unwise. So as much as is in me, I'm ready to preach the good news, the gospel to you who are in Rome also. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of the Messiah. It's the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, revealed in them, for God has shown it to them. For since since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they didn't glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lusts of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions, for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another, Men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which was due. And even as they didn't like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which aren't fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, 
full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They're whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who, knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. Let's back up and uh, read verses 16 and 17 again, and then we'll uh, pick up some of our references where we're going through the New Testament and picking up several sections uh, where uh, the writers of the New Testament are dealing with uh, what the gospel message itself is, which of course, that is what the gospel is. It is a message uh, first and foremost. Uh, It's a message, the message of Jesus, the Messiah, of his death and burial and resurrection, uh, that he is uh, stands alive, ready to save everyone who comes to him because of what he has done, that he rescues sinners. So, um, verse 16 says this, for I am not ashamed of the good news, the, the message of the Messiah, for it's the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. That's a quote from Habakkuk, something that we'll read uh, as part of this section here as well. Uh, for right now, though, let's look at 1 Corinthians 15, and we'll read the beginning of that. Paul lays out very clearly what uh, the gospel message is in his teaching. So, let's read uh, verses 1 through uh, 11 of 1 Corinthians 15. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the good news, the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, and in which you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Messiah died for our sins according to the writings, according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the writings, according to the scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas, Cephas, that's Peter, then by the twelve, and after that he was seen by over five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep." they've died. After that, he was seen by James, then by all the apostles. Then last of all, he was seen by me also as by one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me wasn't in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. Therefore, whether it was I or they, so we preach, and so you believed. It's a great section there. Uh, The next section I want to read is 2 Corinthians, uh, beginning in verse 3. We'll read from uh, chapter chapter 3. We'll read from chapter 3, verse 1, through chapter 5, verse 11 of 2 Corinthians. I think it's a really good section here um, about uh, what this message is. So, um, Paul says this, uh, do we begin again to commend ourselves or do we need, as some others, letters, epistles of condemna- uh, commendation to you or letters of commendation from you? You are our epistle, 
our letter, written in our hearts, known and read by all men. Clearly, you are an epistle, a letter of the Messiah, ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh, that is, of the heart. And and we have such trust through the Messiah toward God, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God, who also made us sufficient as ministers of this new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. But if the ministry of death, written and engraved on stones, was glorious, so that the children of Israel couldn't look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away, how will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. For even what was made glorious had no glory in this respect because of the glory that excels. For if what is passing away was glorious, what remains is much more glorious. Therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech, unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. But their minds were blinded, for until this day the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament, because the veil is taken away in the Messiah. But even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, there's freedom. But we all... With unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we've received mercy, we don't lose heart, but we've renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation, by revealing of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But even if our our gospel, our good news is veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who don't believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of the Messiah, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we don't preach ourselves, but the Messiah Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bondservants, your slaves, for Jesus' sake. For it's the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus the Messiah. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh, in our bodies. So then death is working in us, but life in you." And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, 
I believed, and therefore I I spoke. We also believe, and therefore speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that grace having spread through the many may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Therefore, we don't lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we don't look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation which is from heaven. If indeed, having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we who are in this tent groan, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now, he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee, as as a down payment. So, we are always confident knowing that while we were at while we were while we are at home in the body we are absent from the lord for we walk by faith not by sight we are confident yes well pleased rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the lord therefore we make it our aim whether present or absent to be well pleasing to him for we must all appear before the judgment seat of the messiah that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done whether good or bad knowing therefore the terror of the lord we persuade men but we are well known to god and i also trust are well known in your consciences um uh the next section is Gal- Galatians chapter 2 uh beginning in verse 17 and we'll read through chapter 3 verse 29 so 217 and then we'll read through 329 uh, Galatians 217 says this but if while we seek to be justified by the messiah we ourselves also are found sinners is the messiah therefore a servant of sin a minister of sin Certainly not. For if I build again those things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For I, through the law, died to the law that I might live to God. I have been crucified with the Messiah. It's no longer I who live, but the Messiah lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I don't set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then the Messiah died in vain. O foolish Galatians, who who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus the Messiah was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? 
Just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness, therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And the writing, the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. So then, those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who doesn't continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident, for the just shall live by faith. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. The Messiah has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in the Messiah Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Brethren, I speak in the manner of man, though it's only a man's covenant, yet if it's confirmed, no one annuls or adds to it. Now, to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He doesn't say, and to seeds as of many, but as of one, and to your seed, who is Messiah. And this I say, that the law, which was 430 years later, cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before by God in the Messiah, that it should make the promise of no effect. For if the inheritance is of the law, it is no longer of promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. What purpose then does the law serve? It was added because of transgressions, till the seed should come to whom the promise was made, and it was appointed through angels by the hand of a mediator. Now, a mediator doesn't mediate for one only, but God is one. Is the law then against the promises of God? Certainly not. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, truly righteousness would have been by the law. But the writing, the scripture, has confined all under sin, that the promise of faith in the Messiah Jesus, in Jesus the Messiah, might be given to those who believe. But before faith came, we were kept under guard by the law, kept for the faith which would afterward be revealed. Therefore the law was our tutor, to bring us to the Messiah, that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we're no longer under a tutor. For you are all sons of God through faith in the Messiah, Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into the Messiah have put on the Messiah. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither male nor female. For you are all one in our Messiah, Jesus. And if you are the Messiahs, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. What great news. Justified by faith. What a joy. <laughs> what a wonder. Truly, I want the Lord to bless you and keep you. I want the Lord to make his face shine on you and to be gracious with you. And I want the Lord to lift up his countenance on you and to give you peace. See you in the next episode.